everybody. Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. If you are new to the show, we have an episode streaming every Monday on CharismaPodcastNetwork.com. You could also download the Charisma Plus app and it's on there. You can go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Audible, pretty much anywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can tap into the episodes there. Also, YouTube. So go to YouTube. You can find Michael Lombardo. You can look up Awaken Podcast with Michael Lombardo, and we've got hundreds of hours of free content on there. When I was doing the Facebook Live several years ago, to um, you know, when we travel and we do the podcast on the road, a lot of content on there, revelation for you to glean from, to receive from, and so make sure to tap happen there if you would like if you have listening every single week i think we have almost we're, we're reaching that 200 episode mark here on the podcast and so um i'm excited about that and so if you've been <clears throat> listening every single week um it's a blessing thank you for sharing i've been getting great feedback thank you so much for subscribing rating reviewing spreading the word getting this to your friends getting this to your family so they could be impacted and awakened by the gospel of jesus christ the truth of his word the reality of who he is he wants to impact our hearts he wants to awaken us to see him for who he is to see ourselves from his perspective so we can truly walk out this kingdom life in the earth and so um, I am excited. I have um, a great guest on the show with me today. I was introduced to his ministry not that long ago as I was attending Upper Room here in Dallas, and there was a mighty move of the Spirit. And so I had to get him on the show. I had to hear his heart and talk to him. And so his name is Lee Cummings. He is the founding and senior pastor of Radiant Church, which is a multi-site church reaching the globe via Radiant Church campuses and online um, roles at Radiant. He's the overseer, and he's a mentor to many next-generation leaders and church planners. Um, and this role to lead um, the Radiant Network, he serves as the founder and the president. He travels, he writes books, he ministers. His heart is revival, his heart is awakening. There was such a beautiful move of the Spirit at Uproom when he ministered. He delivered a prophetic word that uh, was spot on. Definitely my, my spirit was leaping on the inside of me and bearing witness to the word that he released. He's written several books, um, one entitled Be Radiant, Flourish, Planting Your Life Where God Has Designed It to Grow, as well as The School of the Spirit, Living a Spirit-Empowered Life, which actually we're going to be diving into today. And so thank you, Pastor Lee, for joining me on the show. My privilege, Michael. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's an absolute honor. And so I heard you know, for those who are listening to the show on a regular basis, they know I love to hear about how the Lord captures people's hearts and how they get launched out into what they're doing today. And so I want to <clears throat> I want to do the same here. I heard a little bit of your story when you were sharing at Upper Room. And so I just I want to I want to be introduced to that as we dive in. Yeah, so and it's funny you bring that up because I just was talking to my staff and we have a couple schools of ministry, a school of worship, a school of ministry. So yesterday I was sharing a little bit about <clears throat> where we are at uh, in our church and in the kind of the history of what God is doing. And I said something to all of these students in response to one of their questions. And the, my answer, I can't even remember what the question was, but the question <laughs> was, my true north is I always go back to when I first encountered Jesus and I was 12 years old and how that so shaped and affected the trajectory of the rest of my life. And so my story goes back to 12. Um, my mom was 20 when I was born. Dad was 21, minor league baseball player. Mm. Through his 
shoulder out and got addicted to drugs and heroin working mm. in General Motors and uh, divorced, left my mom. And it was my paternal grandparents, my dad's parents, who took my mom and me into their home. And they were Pentecostal, spirit-filled, charismatic, uh, devout, devout lovers of Jesus. And so awesome. they really became like my second parents. My earliest memories are climbing up onto my grandpa's lap and reading me the Bible, uh, traveling with them as they sang Southern Gospel Quartet, which was crazy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I would spend summers with them. Uh, even after my mom remarried. So I would go back to their house for the summer. So in the summer when I was 12, uh, I spent the summer with them. And in their home, you always went to church. If the church was open, you went. And so it was a summer and it was a Sunday night. And to be honest, I didn't want to go to church. My grandpa said, uh, get in the car. That's what we're doing. You're coming along. Mm. And so reluctantly, I went with my grandpa and we went to this church that they were attending. Very very small church, just beautiful people. But, uh, you know, it was, it was just a typical church. And it was a typical Sunday night service. There wasn't anything unique about it. Wasn't uh, anything powerful about the service, the songs, the worship that I remember. But what I do remember is at the end of the service, the pastor called everybody to the front to get in a circle and to pray. And that was like the worst thing you could say to a 12 year old kid. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I'm like four decades younger than anybody else that was there, but yeah. uh, we're standing in a circle. We're holding hands, praying. <clears throat> I was staring up at the ceiling, just trying to find patterns in the ceiling tiles <laughs> past time. <laughs> and uh, exactly. And what I, what I recall and how I describe that next moment, was Jesus graciously interrupted my regularly scheduled programming. Mm. Uh, and I went in immediately had an encounter with the Lord. It was like a trance because nobody else in the room saw it. The only way to describe it is like a sliding glass door opened up and I saw scenes out of my life from childhood, uh, fears, and different moments where I felt I was alone, had been rejected, even moments when to be very vulnerable that I'd been sexually abused as a, as a small kid. All of those moments that even as a 12-year-old kid, I carried uh, uh, and were painful and wondered mm. why those things happened to me in a moment. Mm. It was like they all fit together. And Jesus showed me how he was making something beautiful out of them. And I I heard the voice of Jesus. I heard the voice of God speak to me and say, Lee, you're a, a sovereign vessel. I've chosen you to be a voice to your generation. Yeah. Rise up and prepare to serve me. Mm. And the next thing I know, it was like everything went back to normal. I'm in the room. I'm on my knees on the floor. Uh, I was weeping. Uh, I was under the presence of God. I didn't even know what that was, but I was just shaking like a leaf. My grandparents were there, prayed for me, and I went back to their home. Uh, and I was up all night just like trying to figure out what had just happened to me. And that that moment shaped the rest of my life mm -hmm. because from that moment on, I knew what I was called to do. I knew who I was. I knew that Jesus was real. I'd always believed in God, but this was really, for me, it was God breaking through, just being transcendent to God being imminent and coming to me. Mm. And from that moment on, God became my father, Jesus became Lord, and the Holy Spirit became uh, my leader and my companion. Mm.
<laughs> I absolutely love that. First of all, just want to mention that your grandparents dragging you to church, even though you didn't want to be in church. That's very yeah. familiar to me because it was my parents dragging me to church. <laughs> I was a rebel, wanted nothing to do with God. They brought me to church all the time. My mom put anointed cloths in my pillowcase, hoping that maybe the, the anointing oil would seep into my mind and my heart. And she'd be speaking in tongues over me, reading the Bible um, to me all the time, sharing God loves me, all this yes. stuff. But they would get me to church. And um, it's amazing because God knows the plans he has for us, but he's also honored the prayers of our parents, our grandparents, and, uh, you know, it set, it set you up for this sovereign, uh, glorious encounter with the Lord. And then just seeing how, you know, he brought you into an encounter, which showed you your past, showed you your future, brought redemption to areas of brokenness in your past and gave you identity. Yeah. Like, that's right. Wow. Like that is wonderful. That is, that's what the Lord does. When I encountered him, it was, it was his presence down my back and filling the room and it was son mm. i have a plan for you and then he began to mm. unfold some things but it's it's like wow he calls me son i have an identity yeah. now i'm his son even though i was a god hater a rebel that wasn't living for him i'm son and now he's got plans for my life which i want to devote myself to because he's so good and that he would choose yes. me that he would pick me that he would choose me of all people and so yeah. man i just love that and so how did you from that point you're 12 years old Okay. And yeah. I do want to get, into, I want to, I want to dive in here, but this is the, this is the spirit life. And so from your 12 years old and you're, you've been a pastor for, you know, for years and your full-time ministry, like, how did you get the passion that you have today and kind of walk into that? I know it's probably a long story, but share with us <clears> the, some details you feel led to. Yeah. Well, I guess what I would say is when you've encountered, when you encounter God at that level, uh, it, it, you can't ever go back. You can't unknow what you know. Yeah. And not everybody has that dramatic of an encounter. I have, you know, friends, had friends when we were teenagers that was that knew my story and were like, well, that's never happened to me. And what I say is if that hadn't happened, just a gradual coming to faith would have never happened to me. I was on a trajectory to be a rebel, to really be messed up, to follow in my father's footsteps yeah. mm -hmm. of being a drug addict and, and some of those things to kill the pain because I really believe that that's what a lot of us do mm. is in the absence of a sense of identity, we will, we'll create an identity and uh, we'll give our lives to that. But God uh, obviously broke in so graciously changed my life. And from that moment on, it was like, I, I got to know him. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, 100%. Uh, so I came home from the summer, told my mom what had happened. My mom was a nominal Christian kind of out of it at this point. But uh, I, she's like, oh, that's great, Lee. Uh, but, we, you know, if you want to go to church, you're going to have to get a ride. And so <laughs> I, I started bumming, bumming rides to church. And that's so the church I, was, church I was going to was a church in revival, really. Um, three Sunday morning, two Sunday night services. I would go to all of them. I'd sit in the third row, write notes. I saved all of my money to buy a, I, I bought this Schofield King James study Bible. I thought it was, mm. had to be holy because it was King James. And, <laughs> Uh, so I got that and I would spend hours in my room, uh, alone with God, just praying. And, it, you know, the hunger for God's word grew in my life because it was all that I had that would lead me to the one I had heard and an encounter. So I wanted to know everything about him. Mm -hmm. And so I stumbled my way through, you know, learning the Bible and reading the Bible and then praying and worshiping. And I was a normal kid. I played sports. You know, I was very gifted in some of those things. So it wasn't, I wasn't a monk in my room, but 
I was just obsessed with knowing him. So between going to church, spending incredible amount of time at church and in my room, my mom thought something was wrong with me. So she's, <laughs> she's like, I think, I think you're taking this too far. I think you might need to see a counselor. And, <laughs> you're, uh, you're a so Jesus she, freak. I don't know what's going on. I was, here. A, I was a Jesus freak, but eventually <laughs> she started coming to church uh-huh. and uh, that led me to, uh, you know, 16 years old, starting to preach on the streets of Grand Rapids in the inner city. Uh, and working in soup kitchens and taking care of the poor. And as we were taking care of the poor, I was the guy that they would stick up there and say, Lee's going to preach. So you got to listen for five, you know, 10 minutes. <laughs> and I figured that was back in the eighties. So it was punk rockers, mohawks, sex oh, pistols, yeah. leather. Uh-huh. And if you can preach to punk rockers and homeless and, and prostitutes, you can preach to anybody. <laughs> so that, that was my school of preaching. I went to a non-charismatic Bible college, which was interesting, and uh, summarily got asked to leave after a year and a half, and uh, and then met my wife, who grew up in a nominal Christian family her whole life, uh, but had never encountered Jesus. I met her at work, invited her to church. She encounters the Lord in worship. Wow. A year later, we get married, and off to the races we go, so... <laughs> Man, that's cool. That's cool. And so um, I love that because you encountered Jesus for who he is. You saw how beautiful he is. You saw his love, his redeeming power, his grace, his mercy. You experienced that. And now you're posturing your heart in a way of like, wow, I just, I got the greatest, you know, taste and see that the Lord is good. Like you tasted and saw that the Lord is good and nothing else compares. Everything else is inferior. Everything else is a counterfeit. You just want him, the real deal. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it, it reminds me of in the gospels when, you know, Paul, not Paul, I'm sorry, Peter and John and James, they were just fishing. They were out there doing their thing. And then Jesus comes, they see him, they witness him and he says, follow me. And they drop everything. They leave everything that they, everything that they knew. And they just had to follow this man. Like, what is it about this man? He's so glorious that they're just like, I have to just drop everything I've known to follow this man. And so it's just that surrender. It's realizing that this is what life's all about. I was created by him and for him and nothing else will satisfy. And I love it because in your book, the school of the spirit, you're really teaching people how to have this intimate relationship with God. And you start off the book and I want to dive into this a little bit because you start off the book by asking this question of, you know, people are always asking the question, what do I want? What do I want? You know, what do I want for my life? What do I want to do for the Lord? But transitioning from what do I want to what does God want? (laughs) What does God want for my life? I want God's plan. I don't want my plan. I want to follow him, not have him follow me. And you talk about Jesus being the example in that. I kind of, I want to start off with that. Yeah. We live in a world that uh, echoes from 90 different directions. It's like you've got, you can do whatever you want, be whoever you want to be, do whatever you want to do. If it feels good, go for it. Uh, the world is your oyster, go, you know, go Mm -hmm. for it. But the reality is those things all have expiration dates on them. Some of those things are fun and they're great. And they might even have some uh, satisfaction in them for a short period of time, but they have no eternal reward connected to them. Mm. The most important question that we can answer about our lives is not what do I want, but it's what does he want? Mm -hmm. What has he created me for? What did he have in mind when he spoke my name? Mm -hmm. Uh, What does he have? uh, You know, the Bible is very clear. It says the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. Okay, Mm -hmm. so what are the steps he's already set into place for me? Why in the world would I 
want to convince him that my path is better than the path he's created. Mm-hmm. When in Ephesians 2.10, it says that he created us for yes. good works. Mm-hmm. As new creations, as his masterpieces in Christ Jesus, good works that he established that we should walk in them. It's like, I, I want that. <laughs> I want that. And w- when we look at Jesus, Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered and the mm-hmm. things that he endured. But he, he, Jesus lived this radical life to the Father that led him through suffering. And we don't really in the church have a great theology about suffering, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, we think that if you follow the will of God for your life, it will lead you around suffering. But here's the thing is you pursue your will, you pursue God's will, you're going to experience suffering on this side of eternity. Mm-hmm. When you do it God's way, he actually turns the suffering around for your good and develops and matures you and rewards you for it. Mm-hmm. But we learn obedience through the difficulties of our life. And Jesus was radically obedient to the Father over and over and over. He kept coming back to the Father saying, what do you want? And not my will, but yours. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite scriptures is John five nineteen, where he says, the son can do nothing of his own. That's right. But only that which he sees the Father doing. So think about that. Jesus, who's God in the flesh, constantly is getting away to a desolate place. And he describes his prayer life as this. I'm watching with the eyes of the spirit, what the father is doing, what he's saying, where he's moving. And I'm sinking my heart to that because I know that anything I do in my own strength, even as the son of God is going to have no eternal value or reward. Mm -hmm. But when I partner in what God is doing, it's not, it's not only going to bring joy and satisfaction to my life, but it's going to bring joy and it's going to bring joy and, and worship to the Father. Mm-hmm. In the Gospel of John, I love that you quoted, I could do nothing apart from my Father, how Jesus quoted that in John chapter 5. He also states to his disciples, he says, my food is to do the will of God and to finish yes. the work he has sent me to do. That's yeah. like a yeah. key verse for me because as I'm doing the will of God, it feeds me. There's like a, there's there's a nourishment attached to it. It's like, oh man, I just, I'm so excited about doing the will of God. Like your heart stirred, like it's bringing satisfaction, joy. And regardless of what you go through, you know, you're in his perfect will. And there's a grace to pursue that thing. There's a grace to move forward with momentum in what God has asked you to do or what God has put in your heart to do. And so we do, we see that demonstrated in the life of Jesus, how he was completely (laughs) dependent upon God. I just had a whole series on abiding in the spirit. And so that's why I wanted to talk a bit about this because this flows really well in that area. But you talk about the Holy Spirit and how we have to cultivate this relationship with the Holy Spirit. I love, I think it's 2 Corinthians, the last verse, where it says, may the love of God, may the grace of Christ, and may the fellowship, and the, fellowship. the fellowship, the intimate partnership of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Uh, but you talk about how the Holy Spirit is often the most misunderstood person of the Trinity and how we need to yeah. develop a relationship with Holy Spirit. So let's, uh, yeah, I want to ask yes. you about that. Yeah, the Holy Spirit is. Uh, it, he's difficult for many Christians to understand because we have a concept of father. Whether we had a good father or a bad father, at least we know what a father is supposed to be. His identity, he provides and he protects. Yep. We have, a, a, we have a, a concept of sonship because we're all sons or daughters. And if we really want to see the son of God played out in front of our eyes, we read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we see, as John says, the word made flesh. But when we come to the Holy Spirit, Jesus said the Holy Spirit's like the wind. You see the effects 
but you don't know where it comes from and you don't know where it goes. And so it's mysterious. Yeah. And because of that reason, there's a lot of Christians that really are not Trinitarians, but they're binitarians mm. because they, they operate functionally like there's a father and the son, but they almost act as if the Holy Spirit is like an emanating energy or power from those two. Mm. Instead of he's a person mm. with emotions, he is equally God and divine with the father and the son. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and some Christians actually, their Trinity is Father, Son, and Holy Bible. Yeah. And, true. you know, and Jesus didn't say, I'm the shepherd, you'll know my book. He said, I'm the good shepherd, Bill Johnson says. He says, my sheep know my voice. Mm-hmm. And that's so important for us because the voice of God is the Holy Spirit. That's right. And the Holy Spirit is a person, He's God, He dwells within us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He's not there. He's here. That's right. And he's inside of every one of us. He's the same Holy Spirit that when the Father spoke the words of creation was hovering over the darkness and called everything into being. He's the same Holy Spirit that entered into that tomb on the third day and resurrected Jesus's body. He's the same Holy Spirit that met the disciples in an upper room. He's the same Holy Spirit that the book of Revelation, the last chapter says, the spirit and the bride say, come. And he's inside of every single one of us. Just like we talk about praying to the Father and cultivating a relationship with Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, there's also an invitation for us to grow, just as you quoted, in the fellowship or relationship with the Holy Spirit. Not to ignore him, not to neglect him, but to welcome him and to invite him into our world. Benny Hinn's book years ago, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. I love that concept of waking up every day and acknowledging the person of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> He's not in the clouds. Like you said, Jesus said, the kingdom is not here nor there, but the kingdom of God is within you. And, That's right. you know, the kingdom of God is in the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> but, you know, a lot of people have this perspective and even sometimes in our worship songs, and I'm not trying to put anything down, but I think sometimes certain songs give us a paradigm of God being on the outside of coming to the room you know, like he's out there, but we're begging him to yeah. come in. And it's like, yes, we under, I understand the manifest presence of God. We want to experience the manifest presence of God. There's a shift in the atmosphere. I understand what they're saying. Some people might not, but we need to understand that the Holy Spirit, he lives on the inside of us. He's closer than the yes. air. He's closer than the air that we breathe. That was his idea, not our idea. He wanted to be, he wanted our bodies to be a temple he cleansed yes. us from the inside out <clears throat> so he could live on the inside of us and flow through us. And so it's that reality of oneness that is so yes. essential. Um, and you talk about the different, um, you know, uh, you break down in scripture, the role of the Holy spirit in our life, that he's our teacher, that he's our comforter, that he's our guide. He's our encourager. <clears throat> he's our leader and all that. And it breaks down in the scriptures, but I love also in Ephesians, you, you quote Ephesians three twelve. And it says that the Holy Spirit gives us access. He gives us access to him and revelation. And he brings revelation to us. And no one came to Christ without the agency of the Holy Spirit drawing. And oh, that beautiful reality. Like for me, Ephesians 3.12 is a staple because I have access to Christ. I have confident and bold access by the agency and the person of the Holy Spirit. And so I just love to dive into that a little bit because I feel like so many believers need to hear that. 
Yeah, the Holy Spirit, you know, Paul writes in Ephesians chapter three about being strengthened in your inner man Mm. by that Holy Spirit. And, you know, Jesus had so much to say about the Holy Spirit, especially leading up to the cross when he's, he's got just a few days, literally maybe a week with his disciples. And what you say to somebody in the last few moments is sometimes the most significant things. Yeah. And so when Jesus is with the disciples, he's zeroing in on what's going to take place at the end of the age and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And he calls them the the helper, the comforter, the paraclete, the one who comes up alongside. Mm -hmm. Um, He he speaks of him as the one who leads and guides into all truth. He says he'll take of all things that are mine. He's going to reveal them to you. He's going to remind you of things that I've said before, he says to the disciples, I'm not going to leave you like orphans. I'm going to send the spirit to you. Uh, and, and so all of those things are so true about the Holy Spirit. And for every believer, they need to recognize there's never been a moment in your new creation life in Jesus where the Holy Spirit has been absent or away from you. Mm-hmm. He's just like you said, he's inside of us. And the more that we yield to the Holy Spirit, mm the stronger, like Ephesians 3 says, it says that we're strengthened in our inner man. Mm -hmm. We pray in the spirit. That's the Holy Spirit praying through us, interceding on our behalf. And like a generator, our faith just, you know, begins to get charged up. Jude says that, says praying in the spirit, building yourself up in your most holy faith. Mm -hmm. Romans 8 says with groanings and longings that we don't even know how to express, but the spirit is interceding on our behalf, according to the will of God. It's like, he's the one who opens the eyes of our understanding, gives us revelation, knowledge, insight, wisdom into the inheritance that we have and the hope that we have. First Corinthians chapter two says he is given to us to reveal to us all the things that have been freely given to us. Mm. It's like, so for us to take the Holy spirit and put him over here and say, Oh, he doesn't do that anymore. Or I don't need that. It's like, that's, it's like jumping on a highway with your hands handcuffed and a blindfold on, uh, you know, we need the Holy spirit way, way more than we have any idea that we don't need the Holy spirit every single day, every moment. And I love, cause I was actually looking up right now, this scripture and you quoted it. <laughs> the last scripture you quoted first Corinthians two twelve. it says, we've received not the spirit of the world, yes, but the right. spirit who is from God so that we may understand and know what God has freely already freely given to us. And so many yeah. feel like, man, when I become a Christian, now Christianity is about becoming someone that I'm not becoming righteous, becoming holy, becoming anointed, becoming this or that. No, the process here of this beautiful walk with God is now the Holy Spirit is revealing to us who we already are from God's perspective, what Christ has already done for us and the anointings and the giftings that he has given to us so we we so yeah. we can walk these things out. He's giving us yeah. revelation. It's a great revealing yeah. of, of the work of the cross, of the life, death, resurrection, ascension of yeah. Christ and how that affected our human heart and spirit and how we could walk yeah. in the power of that, how we have access, not by works, not by striving, not by the sweat of our brow, but by, yeah. you know, by by, by simple trust, like a child in what he has said, what he has done by the power of the Holy spirit, not by the power of Michael Lombardo yeah. or Lee Cummings, by the power of the Holy spirit. Yeah. So liberating. Yeah. Look, it, so it always fascinates me that when you, when you even look at the world, how the most popular movies right now are the Marvel movies. Hmm. And it's all about these superheroes with, 
you know, superpowers, the ability to, you know, transcend time, move things, supernatural, all the, all this stuff. And it's, it's like there's hardwired into the human, into the human DNA, even though we're far from God, dead in our sins, as Paul describes it in Ephesians 2, before Jesus, mm-hmm. there's still something inside of us. Ecclesiastes says eternity is in our hearts. God's yes. hidden eternity in our hearts. And I think mm-hmm. you can even look at culture and the fact that we're reaching out for power and supernatural activity and wisdom and revelation that's wrapped up in these mm-hmm. Marvel characters or DC characters or you know heroes. It, it reminds me of the fact like when you go to a zoo and you look at these lions, most of these lions which are just majestic and powerful yeah. animals, right? Mm-hmm. You go over to Africa where you've been and mm-hmm. you see them in the wild and they're, they're the king of the jungle for real. Mm-hmm. But you go to a zoo and you see them, most of them were born in captivity. Yeah, Most of them have never known what it is to prowl their territory and hunt and actually use these natural powerful abilities that are part of who they are, but they have an instinct. Mm, And that's why we have doors and bars and locks on their cages. Mm -hmm. It's because every once in a while, you'll see a lion look out through the bars and you can just see the intimidation in there. Like they are intimidating. And we lock them up because even though they've never, they've never lunged out and they've never attacked anything. That instinct is still in them. I think the instinct that we see in the world, even in our fallen state is manifest in all this fascination with the supernatural, whether it's heroes or paranormal UFOs and paranormal, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. It's because we know we were created for the supernatural. And here's what Jesus said. You do. You read that scripture. I love it. It says that we've not been given the spirit of the world, but the spirit of God. And that's talking about in Christ. Jesus said to his disciples, it is to your advantage Mm -hmm. that I go away because if I don't go away, the spirit of truth will not come. Mm -hmm. In other words, Jesus is saying, I know you like walking with me and watching me do things, Mm -hmm. but there's an X factor advantage that's coming to you (laughs) that will only come if I go to the father. And then I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. So I believe you take those two verses that first Corinthians two and that John 16, that advantage as believers who are saved, we are reconnected to our father Mm -hmm. and we're actually walking out the, the supernatural spirit led life, the way that God always intended us to do Mm -hmm. in union and relationship with him. And the world's hungry for that, but we're the ones that have the advantage. Disney can't create enough CGI movies to compete with the supernatural advantage of the Holy Spirit in the believer's life. Yes. That's exciting to me. It is exciting. And we're meant to be that light. We're meant to be salt. Salt makes people thirsty. Light, when you're in darkness, you know, we gravitate like, like moss to the light. We gravitate. Yeah. And so we're meant to be that in the world. But it makes sense that the apostles and the disciples back then would say, like, Lord, I don't want you to leave. Like, they didn't get it yeah. in their mind that they were going to have a closer, more intimate um, relationship with God through the Holy Spirit. And, you know, there's a scripture in John, I believe it's John 20, you know, um, where Mary Magdalene, she sees Jesus there in the garden. She, you know, the tomb's open. She's wondering, where's my Lord? You know, I can't, you know, 
you know, take me to him. You know, where, you know, where'd you bring him? Yeah. And then Jesus shows up as a gardener and he begins to talk to her and she realizes, whoa, this is Jesus, not a gardener. And she tries to cling to him. And Jesus says, don't cling to me. Don't cling to me. I'm going to my father right. and your father, my God and your God. And I was thinking about that. You know, it almost sounds like Jesus is being a little mean. It's like, Lord, let her give, <laughs> let her give you a hug. She hasn't seen you for a while, you know? She saw you hanging on a cross. Let her give you a hug. And who knows if he did, but he was making a point. He was saying, like, I'm not going to be like this for long in your midst. It's not yeah. going to be what we had. We're, we're going deeper here. I'm going to my God, your God, my father, your father. There's, there's something new here that, I'm, uh, that, 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 that you're going to be walking into. And so it's yeah. so powerful. And so many people we envy, we want to, we want to go back to like what, how we, you know, operate. And that's cool. Our hearts are hungry for the supernatural. We want to see him in the fire and, you know, see him in the cloud and all that good stuff. And we, there's a lot of supernatural activity that, that we can encounter this side of the cross, but it's just, it's different. It's, we have that, we have that inner dwelling of the spirit that those people yes. of old did not have. Right. And we've, and Paul says, we've been made to drink yeah. of one spirit. Mm. And it's actually what connects us to God and to one another. That's the beauty. When Jesus, when Jesus came in the flesh, the incarnation, he was God in the flesh under the influence and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so he had a body. God took a body mm -hmm. and walked the earth under the power of the Holy Spirit. And Acts 10.38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good, healing all those who were sick and oppressed by the devil. Mm -hmm. But when Jesus rose from the dead and ascended to the Father and sent his spirit, now he's walking the earth. I mean, he's still the second member of the Trinity. I'm not <laughs> yeah. talking about some pantheistic mm -hmm. theology, but he calls the church his body. That's right. And he fills his body with the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. that we've all been made to drink of that unites us to him and unites us to one another as members of his body. Now he has a many membered body walking the face of the earth with the same anointing, with the same Holy Spirit. And I think that's what Jesus meant when he said, greater works than me shall you do. It's like, I don't know how you do much better than raising the dead. But what he's talking about is the magnitude. It's not just one man, one place walking on the face of the earth. He foresaw an army, a body of many millions and tens of millions walking under that same anointing, united by one Holy Spirit. And that's, it, that's powerful. It's mind-bending when you think about that, that that right now is happening on the face of the earth. Wow. I, was, uh, I was talking with a friend of mine who's a missiologist. Yeah. Uh, he works for a missions agency. And he said, do you realize that we are at the first generation that has existed, that there are actually more Christians alive on planet Earth at one time than there are of all previous ages in heaven combined. So that means the worship of the body on Earth is actually potentially louder than the worship of the saints in heaven. <laughs> I mean, that just that blows my mind. But that's who's yeah. walking the face of the Earth right now. Oh man, God is doing something so special in the earth. He's raising up an army of intimate lovers of him that will walk yeah. in his purposes, yielded, surrendered, 
And you'll lay down your life. You'll make sacrifices when you're in love. When we encounter him and we yeah. fall in love with him, sacrifices don't feel like sacrifice at all because it's, it's of course, of course, I'm in love. Of course, he's so good. I, I don't want to do anything else. Yes, I'll right. give this. Yes, I'll lay down this. Yes, I'll go there. Yes, mm-hmm. I'll do that. Yes, I'll forgive this person or whatever it may be because the beauty of who he is is so much greater yeah. than what he's asking of us. But I love that you're talking about how Jesus became a man and when he was resurrected he is a he's the god man forever at the right hand of the father yeah. and the bible says that he's the firstborn of mm. many brethren that he is a proto yes. that that literally he's the first one and and we will also mm. be um you know our resurrected bodies our glorified bodies you know mm. he is the first of many and we're not going to be jesus we're not going to be god but right. he always wanted to have human beings filled with the Holy Spirit, walking the earth, establishing his kingdom. And we get to do that because Jesus Christ did it perfectly. He lived the life we couldn't live, died the debt that we deserved, yeah. and rose again with us in him. And um, it's a glorious reality. And I feel like people that are listening or watching this right now are really being stirred, really being stirred. Mm. And um, I would love to just kind of, as you feel led in your heart, I would love to just pray because I know, I just, I feel that there, there's a hunger, there's a thirst. Mm. People are realizing I've been living far below my inheritance mm. in Christ. I've been settling for less than what God mm. has for me. And I believe God's calling people higher and deeper right now. Yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to. Father, <laughs> Thank you. Father, we, uh, we're so grateful we get to call you that. And we're so thankful for Jesus, your son, your only son, mm-hmm. that you sent to the earth to redeem us, to die a death we were meant to die, to redeem us from a penalty we could never pay. Yeah. And then you raised him from the dead. And right now at this moment, Jesus, a Jewish Messiah, is resurrected mm-hmm. with nail scars in his hands, yeah. is seated at the right hand of the Father, ruling over the universe, soon to return and make his enemies his footstool. Lord, I pray today for a revelation of that reality and the fact that when Jesus took the throne, he sent the spirit of the living God to fill the temple, which is your church. Lord, I pray today for a revelation, that Ephesians 1 revelation, that the eyes of our heart would be opened, that we would grasp, that we would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation and understanding about the hope of our calling and the inheritance that we have in the saints and the power of your Holy Spirit at work in us. God, what we need right now in the earth is a church that is more captivated by the beauty and the glory and the reality of King Jesus than we are distracted by the thrones of men and the agendas of nations. Yes, Lord, we need to be captivated by you, King Jesus, and we need to be filled with the power of heaven. So, Father, would you drop the mantle, Lord, a fresh new mantle, like Elijah did on Elisha. There was a double portion. Lord, I'm praying in this generation, in this hour, all across the earth, to those who are hungry, to those who are thirsty, which you said would be filled, would you drop a new mantle and a new filling and a new realization and revelation of the beauty and the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit. Lord, flood it in our churches, flood our homes, make every home an altar. Lord, let every child of God see that they are living stones being built together, 
not just individuals, but being built together into a spiritual habitation, a dwelling place for you, God, on the earth that the nations will see, that the nations will come and say, come and let us go to the house of the Lord, to the mountain of God, because we see something happening in the church. Lord, we want to see the nations come in and we want to see generations shaken because they've encountered not just a weakened form of Jesus that inoculates them to the real thing. Lord, we don't need a gospel vaccine. We need a Holy Spirit encounter. And I'm praying that in Gen Z, I'm praying that upon the millennial generation. I'm praying that on Gen X and and the greatest generation, that Lord, young and old, dreams and visions, men and women, free and slave would experience a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit in this day. And that all the glory will go to you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I just feel right now that those who are listening or watching, you feel like the Lord is tugging on your heart. You feel like maybe you've taken the kingship of your life. You've been, you've been, you've been leading the charge. You've been, you've been, you've been pushing in a direction that was your idea, your desires, silencing the voice of the Lord. Or maybe there's some idols, some things in your heart, some things in your life that you feel like the Lord is just touching different areas saying, give that to me. I've got better for you. Give that to me. My way is greater. My way is better. That you have plans for their life, God. You have plans to prosper them, to not to harm them, to bless them, to give them a hope and a future, a plan that will impact eternity, God. And so I just thank you, Father, that right now that you're touching hearts and that they would tell you, Lord, my life is yours afresh. I do not want to lead this charge. I do not want to do things my way. I want things your way. That question of what do I want is turning into God. What do you want? My life Mm, is yours. I surrender all. I give you my career. I give you my visions. I give you my dreams. I give you my finances. I give you my family. I give you my children. I give you everything. It is yours entirely and the best hands that everything could possibly be in. Mm. And I want your voice and I want your presence and I want your destiny for my life more than anything else. And I'm telling you right now, you will see the breakthrough that your heart is longing for, that satisfaction that you've been searching for because you've been feeling empty and broken will begin to be filled by the beauty of the Holy Spirit, by the revelation of his love, his kindness, and who you are in him. And so in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Wow, I just the beautiful presence of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. is just so yes. so tangible and so evident. And so for those who are watching, they they're like, I want this book. I need to get grab a copy of School of the Spirit. There's a lot of foundational truth mm-hmm. here for people who want to dig into the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. They want to dig into the scriptures and maybe don't know where to start. Um, let us know where we can get a copy of that book. Also, how can people connect with your ministry and the different things that you're doing? Yeah, it's available on Amazon, School of the Spirit, uh, Living the Spirit-Empowered Life. Uh, You can also uh, get it at our church website. We have a bookstore there. It's radiant.church. So all things uh, radiant, radiant radiant.church. And we have a YouTube channel, which is the Radiant channel. Got prayer meetings on there, morning, noon, and night, and uh, also a whole lot of teaching. And I've done actually a video course of the book called School of Spirit. It's a seven-week course that's available on our YouTube channel as well. Awesome. I love that. I'll be putting a link in the description section so that people can um, tap in on those different those different avenues. And so, Lee, thank you so much for joining me. I love your Man. heart. I love what the Lord's doing in you and through you and the ministry and the church. And so, what an honor to talk to you today, man. 
Oh, my pleasure. This is so good. Thank you so much, Michael. <laughs> Absolutely. And for those who are watching and listening right now, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can get it out to more people so they can be blessed, inspired, awakened by the gospel of Jesus. Bless you. And I'll speak to you next time on Awakened Podcast. <laughs>Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter his presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. Every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. But connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, ex- have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours, you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in His glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.org, lifepouredoutintl.org, or you can go to destinyimage.com. The audiobook is available as well on amazon.com as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com and so bless you guys grab a copy of immersed in his glory thank you